welcome to Quaker Faith and Podcast, where we will explore traditional Quaker beliefs and the variety of Quaker beliefs found today. Hi, welcome back to Quaker Faith and Podcast. Um, I'm Mackenzie, and I'm here with Micah, and we are going to be talking about spirit-led teachers, which is, um, we're using this book, Traditional Quaker Christianity, and so this is section 6F in there. There's basically nothing in this chapter that was actually written by the authors of this book. It's just a giant, actually, it's not all that giant either. It's a big block quote from um, Barclay's Apology, um, which is a 17th century explanation of Quaker theology. Um, so I guess I'm going to start with just reading the quote, and then we'll talk about it. Although God leads us chiefly by his spirit, Sometimes he conveys his comfort and consolation by a word written or spoken by another person at an opportune time. By it, the faithful are made instruments in the hand of the Lord to strengthen and encourage one another. This also tends to foster their growth and lead them to salvation. Those who are led by the Spirit naturally love and cherish the things which represent the product of the Spirit in other persons. They also find that such mutual manifestations of the heavenly life also tend to quicken the mind and to provide the recollection of truth so necessary for the progress of the gospel. God teaches his people himself, and nothing is made clearer than the fact that under the new covenant, no human teacher is needed. Um, they footnote for Jeremiah 31, 31. In spite of this, one of the major results of Christ's ascension was the sending of teachers and pastors for perfecting the faithful. The same work is ascribed to them as to the scriptures. Both are primarily for the development of greater maturity in the faith of those who believe, but human teachers are by no means to have preference over the teachings of God himself under the new covenant. And Micah had some thoughts. So, I actually really didn't like the quote when Mackenzie read it to me right before we started recording, but reading it the second time, I, I like it a little bit better. Um, I think the main thing that, like, that I think is a little bit weird about Barclay uh, and, and, and the early Quakers. I mean, Barclay accurately reflects the perspective of the, the leading early Quakers. Um, he actually, like, sort of asked for George Fox's approval on it after he wrote the stuff. So, um, I thought George Fox was already dead by the time. I don't think so. No. Okay. Yeah, I could be wrong, but I, yeah, I'm pretty sure that I'm pretty sure that Barclay and Fox chatted, and Fox sort of generally approved of what Barclay wrote. Um, in any case, uh, this is this is an accurate representation of the early Quakers. I guess I have some cautions about the perspective of the early Quakers and of later Quakers too, in that I think there is a little bit of um, so. Let's t I hope 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 our listeners will forgive me for taking a little bit of an excursion here. But uh, to take it even a little bit further back, um, the Quaker movement could really be described as what 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 seminary what seminary grads would call a Johannine community, meaning highly influenced by the gospel and writings of John. And John and the community the, the community uh, slash individual that wrote John the Gospel of John and the letters of John, um, this community was borderline Gnostic. Not quite, right? Like, they weren't. Um, and in fact, some, some, uh, an author that I've read suggests that perhaps after the Gospel of John was written, there was a schism in the community, with some of the community becoming Gnostic, and the rest of the community then writing the three letters of John during the controversy. Um, but in any case, the, the folks that wrote the Gospel of John um, and John's letters um, were a part of a tendency in Christianity that was ex extremely focused on the role of the Spirit, 
um, and often risk denigrating the creation and, and, and potentially even looking at the creation as being a bad thing. Uh, hang on a second. Could you explain Gnostic? Right. Um, so, so, so I just, I just sort of, I just sort of did. Okay. Um, in, in the sense okay, that, like, so that was, okay. Gnosticism, Gnosticism, uh, and Gnosticism is a complex constellation of philosophies, so I, I won't do it justice in, like, 15 seconds, but basically, Gnosticism is the idea that the spirit, uh, the spirit, uh, the spiritual realm is fundamentally good, and that's where everything good happens, and the physical realm is imperfect, imperfect at best, and even evil at worst. And that the, it sounds like dualism as well. Yeah, yeah. And so the goal of the, the goal of, of the goal of the life of faith is to emerge from the darkness and blindness of the physical realm and become entirely spiritual. Okay. So obviously, because because John because John's gospel and the letters of John are included in the Bible, um, which was which was agreed upon by the Orthodox Church, which rejects Gnosticism. Obviously, these documents are not Gnostic. However, um, the community that wrote them uh, was was wrestling with Gnosticism, and uh, the the viewpoint expressed in the Gospel of John is the closest that you'll see in the Bible to Gnosticism, um, because the the Jesus that, the Jesus that you read about in the Gospel of John is very otherworldly um, and is very very spiritual and very and 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 seems less human sometimes. Not not always, actually. There are parts of the Gospel of John that are very, very human. Um, but there, there are points in the Gospel where Jesus seems almost otherworldly. Um, and so I say all this, I say all this to bring it back to Quakers. Um, the Quakers, uh, as a movement, um, have always resonated um, very much with this almost Gnosticism uh, of really emphasizing the spirit over uh, the created world. Um, and uh, you see this in Quakerism today, um, and you certainly saw it in the early movement, where you have Barclay here saying, um, well, you know, we're, 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 we're always led by the Spirit of God, but sometimes other human beings or writings could be helpful to us, right? And I agree, I agree with, I think, what the thrust of Barclay and the early friends' argument was in terms of um, the, the Spirit, like the, the, the relationship with Jesus Christ being primary, and that you had to know God yourself, you couldn't. You couldn't simply like agree to someone's statements that someone had made in a book. You couldn't simply turn your life over to a human teacher and and let them let them make their decisions and your discernment for you. That ultimately you had to be taught by Jesus Himself and not by human teachers. However, um, I think there's a risk here that we need to be aware of um, of, of sort of tumbling into Gnosticism and of denying. Uh, the way God is at work in the created world and in other people, that um, God speaks through everything, or God can speak through everything. God created everything that we can see and everything we can't see. And so the idea that, like, we couldn't be taught uh, through, uh, that we couldn't be taught through another person, or we couldn't be taught through a book, or we couldn't be taught through an experience in nature, or we couldn't be taught through anything we experience, um, is problematic because the the spirit uh, in, in in sort of what I'm what you might call an orthodox Christian view, as opposed to a Gnostic Christian view, um, the orthodox Christian view is that God um, God has made the creation good, and therefore God is reflected in the creation, um, and God at work in other people can speak to us, and we can actually encounter God in other people, 
So that's that's the only place where like I think I think Barclay and I might mostly agree if we really talked through it. If he were if he and I were able to get together and talk about this, but you know, if he was alive, if he was alive. <laughs> um, so like, so I, any necromancers out there? <laughs> I don't I don't I don't think I don't I don't think that Barclay and I are in, are in fundamental disagreement. But I get nervous. Uh, I get nervous with with what I see as sometimes an overemphasis on the spirit. Uh, as, as sort of like as, as the spirit as something that is separate from like entirely separate and distinct from the physical plane, um, because I, I definitely would say like I've had sort of direct personal experiences of God and Jesus, but so much of my faith life has been has been uh, experiencing God through other people and through other situations and through physical encounters, you know, in nature or with just anything uh my experience of god is 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 mediated through my life experience and a lot of that is other people and other things um and just so we're all clear i was joking about necromancers that's not actually a quaker thing that's just a nerd thing um <laughs> quit lying you know we're all in necromancy so what were we talking about um well i i went on like a huge tangent yes you did um hopefully it was interesting <laughs> to anyone so the discussion question that is in the book says, even though no human teachers are quote-unquote necessary under the New Covenant, we find it helpful to have God speak to us through other humans. Um, Barclay says it encourages us in a way that apparently being taught only inwardly does not. So what has been your experience with the Holy Spirit teaching you through other people? So I'll, I'll, just, I'll just give the example of, uh, of sort of my, um, my experience of... Uh, my experience with the world gathering and friends, which I've mentioned before on this podcast, was extremely formative for me. Um, it was really where I felt sort of called deeper into discipleship and into a life of gospel ministry. Um, I would say, like, at that gathering, I was ministered, like, God spoke to me through people, and then God spoke to me through, I don't know what to say God spoke to me through. God spoke to me, like, in the closest thing I could have to a direct encounter, whatever that means. Um, and so I, I was deeply, there was a particular night uh, where I was deeply, deeply impacted by a sermon uh, that was given. And then after that sermon, um, experienced time of worship with another person where I felt like I met, I met God in a very personal and direct way. Um, and so in that, in that same evening, I felt like I experienced God speaking to me very clearly uh, through a, 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 another faithful person, and then having sort of what you might call a direct encounter with God, too, where it wasn't another, another person teaching me, um, or even another person acting as, as an intermediary or, or a messenger, but, but was actually sort of having a direct experience with God. That being said, I don't know that I could have made sense of the experience that I had with God that evening, if I hadn't heard the sermon earlier. And I'm not even sure if I could have made sense of the sermon and that experience of God if I hadn't then had the wider community of Christians and, and Quakers to help, help, help me make sense of what had happened. Um, so I really, I still needed, I still needed people who had been formed by God to help me make sense of God's teaching to me. That's something that I think the early Quakers are just really uh, sort of unrealistic about uh is 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 that we can have experiences we, we can and do have experiences of god but to really integrate them into our lives 
it has to be borne out in community, and we have to, we have to we have to have others who have also been formed by God to help us to help us interpret and make sense of what God has shown us. And I mean, we talked before about the importance of the community. Um, I can't remember what episode number that was. I'll look it up. Um, I would say also that you know some of our friends, I definitely the spirit speaks through them, um, and 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 you know ministers to me. Um, just you know, you there's a Quakers use the word witness to mean. Um, I mean, it's kind of hard to, hard to explain, but like that the way somebody lives out their life as a reflection of their faith then impacts others. And, you know, there's someone um, I know who is incredibly generous. Um, just like if somebody needs something, he'll, he'll just give them whatever it is that they need. Um, basically no questions asked and he's helped out um, a lot of people with a lot of money despite like I mean it's it's sort of you know like there's this voluntary poverty idea and um, and he basically does <coughs> does that he like lives a very very simple lifestyle and in order to be able to give more of what he has to other people and that has been convicting for me um, you know seeing him knowing and, and this was and, and I didn't find out about this from him telling me that that he um gives you know gives away a whole lot it's other mutual friends said oh yeah so and so helped me out um he gave me a lot of help because what he gave me and it's like holy moly and then I talked to the guy and found out that like half of his income he was giving away that's wow. ridiculous um and and I know he makes a lot less money than I do. And so I'm like, yeah. man, I need to do, I need to step up my game. And yeah. I feel like that's as far as I'm concerned. And, and somebody else had told me that um, that and, he, and this person doesn't remember having told me this. Um, he's like, wait, I don't normally share that. What that um, you know, this other friend gives away ten percent of their income, not as a tithe to the church, but as mm-hmm. like to charity and, and helping other people and stuff. Sure. And so this was all in sort of like relatively short order that I was hearing from different friends, different Quakers that I know about how they have felt the spirit move them to generosity. And that then, you know, in turn for me was convicting like, okay, I need to do better at this. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it's, 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 that's, that's sort of a, a witness or a testimony to the, to the importance of community formation. And that uh, we are we are communal animals, and when we see people, are, when when we are among people who are acting in a certain way, we will tend to act more that way. We gravitate towards that kind of behavior. So when we surround ourselves with people who are being faithful uh, in, in concrete and specific ways, it is much more likely that we're going. I mean, there's still effort required on our part, and still faithfulness required on mm-hmm. our part, but it's much is much easier and it's much more likely for us to move in that direction. Whereas when we're immersed. When we're immersed in the mainstream culture, we're likely to act much more like that mainstream culture, which I'm sad to confess I do. Um, yeah. You, I mean, ditto usually. Um, um, I would also, so something else that's in here is that um, 
or something else that I noticed in here is that Barclay said conveys his comfort and consolation as well, which is, I don't think of it as the teaching thing. So Micah and I have been um, with the Friends of Jesus folks talking about the five spiritual gifts that are, not gifts, but um, roles roles that are in uh, the book of Ephesians, the apostle, prophet, evangelist, shepherd, or pastor, and teacher. And the, the comfort and consolation one, that is much more, I think of as the shepherd slash pastor than the teacher one. Mm. So I think it's interesting that Barclay puts those together, but actually then again, in Friends of Jesus, we have the, um, I say we, but I'm not actually officially part of Friends of Jesus. Um, I mean, you're pretty active. <laughs> the, the shepherd and teacher folks are, are meeting together. Um, and that's, you know, on, on the other side of, of things, I can certainly see myself having been used by the Spirit or, like, receiving words from the Spirit to comfort or or edify um, other of my friends, like, you know, mm-hmm. when they're going through a tough time and, like, just, like, understanding what is these, the thing that they need to hear and be told in order to help um, build them up when they're having trouble. Yeah. And I, I think, I think that's actually really, in my experience, a real strength of the Quaker tradition is, uh, the Quaker community has helped me learn, uh, how to be more attentive to when God is speaking through me and to let that happen. Uh, and so there, 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 there are times when, um, sort of, often in surprising ways you are able to speak to the spiritual condition of someone who needs spoken to mm-hmm. and God gives you the words. Yeah. And I don't normally think of myself as being all that great with like emotions and stuff. I'm, I'm, I'm a computer nerd. I'm kind of like, you know, computers are great. Um, you type in the thing and they do the thing you told them to and they don't get their feelings hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and so, so I figure, you know, when, when, I actually know what the thing I'm supposed to say to, and like, you know, I've, I've said like one, somebody suggested that I should like start a pastoral meeting and I'm like, ha ha, me as a pastor. That's a good joke. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm like, if you've ever watched big bang theory, when somebody um, is upset, Sheldon has memorized that the thing you do is you hand them a hot beverage and you pat them on the shoulder and say, they're there. And I'm like a step above that. But <laughs> I'm like, yeah, me being a pastor wouldn't work. So I'm only like one step above Sheldon on that. But so then it's always like when I actually do know what the thing I'm supposed to say is for somebody, and I'm like, yeah, that had to be God because that did not come from me. Uh, there, there are there are lots of there are lots of stories, um, you know, from from Quaker lore of you know people being convinced uh, people being convinced of the Quaker message uh, because of things like that because of, you know going into a meeting for worship and and someone standing up and giving very eloquent vocal ministry and then finding out. Um, you know, they were like after the meeting, they're like, oh, their development is delayed and they're like, they have the mental capacity of like, you know, a six year old, but they were speaking in ways that like, you know, hmm. they like, you know, things like that where like pe- people are given, people are given gifts. That's not what I was expecting that to go. I thought it was going to be like somebody goes to meeting and like, they don't know it. Like, cause I've, I've, the story, like I've heard stories of like somebody goes to meeting, they don't know anybody there. It's their mm-hmm. first time there. There's no way anybody in the room knows their thing. Um, mm-hmm. and 
somebody stands and gives a message that speaks directly to them. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, one of our friends was at a vineyard church recently and had that experience where I think it was, I think it was at the vineyard church where like the past maybe it was a different one but like the person who was supposed to be preaching like they got up they read like the first sentence of their sermon they stopped and they said no I all right I have I have a message that I need to share and they looked directly at my friend who had never been in that church before uh-huh. and talked to them about their call to pastoral ministry and, and like where that need, like, like you, you have, you have, like, I know you have this call and here's what you, know, the advice that you need is. Wow. And then went back and did their sermon. That's crazy. Yeah. God's pretty cool. It's certainly, certainly like, I don't know. This is the sort of thing where you're like, Oh, that's kind of spooky. <laughs> yeah. You can find us on the web at quakerpodcast.org, as Quaker Podcast on Twitter, Facebook, or Patreon, and on iTunes.